Hello, my name is Sam Clements and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picture House podcast proudly supported by Kia, powering independent cinema. On today's episode, this is a bonus podcast all about the brand new film Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is in cinemas right now as we're recording, as you're listening to this right now. The film is directed by James Mangold, a fabulous filmmaker, has made so many great films and some of my favourite recent films. Uh, in fact, Logan, uh, if you saw that a few years ago, uh, starring Hugh Jackman. Uh, more recently, Ford vs. Ferrari or Le Mans 66, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. I adore that film. I think it came out in 2019. It was one of my favourite films of that year and actually... Since then, I mean, there was the pandemic, of course, which halted film production for a few years, and uh, very understandably, and uh, and that's actually what James Mangold has been working on ever since Ford vs. Ferrari. He is a co-writer on the film as well as director, and uh, it sees Harrison Ford return as the infamous Indiana Jones. There's a few other returning characters. John Rhys-Davies as Sala uh, is in there. There's a few new uh, cast members. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Toby Jones... And, uh, and yeah, something that's really huge for me is uh, John Williams is back on scoring duties, uh, which is uh, pretty remarkable considering he is 91 years old. So I think that's about enough from me. This is my conversation with James Mangold when he was in town the day after the UK premiere of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The film is in cinemas now. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something. On a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. We need to get out of here. Stop! Sorry. Helena! Dr. Jones. James, welcome to the Picture House podcast. Thank you for uh, talking to us this morning. Pleasure um, to be here. The day after the UK premiere for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. How are you feeling? Weary yeah. up till <laughs> up till three a.m. But Very really good. good. Um, the you know it's a it was wonderful last night to bring the movie back here to London. It kind of finishes our tour, but it's where it all started. And of course, England is where we shot. You know. We shot almost all the film except mm. for when we travel, and then when we travel, it was our English crew, English crew traveling with us around the world. So oh, nice. you're carrying on that tradition of shooting at Pinewood. Yes, it, which is you know, there's no place like it, Pinewood, but also the artistry of the English crews um, who have made so many of these spectacles before, and certainly the previous Indiana Jones films um, is unrivaled. It's a really gorgeous film. I had such a good time watching it on the big screen and just drinking in all that detail, like you say, like the sets are beautiful, the costumes are beautiful. And, and it had that sort of, you know, it felt like this could have been made 40 years ago. Well, that's what you feel like making one of these movies. I mean, what's so interesting is when George and Stephen and Larry Kasdan and Harrison all set off with the first of these pictures and those that immediately followed, you know, it was about this great character, Indiana Jones, this archaeologist, this adventurer, but it was also about a love of movies. These movies were always about George and Stevens' love of classic golden age films. Mm. And so part of what you're saying, why these films, we hope, are, are enjoyable on a big screen is, is that that's what they're made for. 
and they come from that tradition um, even further back than just recent blockbusters to the very beginning of movies themselves they're kind of tributes to the cinematic tradition of traveling the world and putting spectacle on the screen and also and I think more particular to the Indiana Jones films and the kind of golden age films they're kind of swashbuckling or fun you know the action isn't brutalistic as much as it's witty or kind of inventive and in the midst of all the action comes comedy and character so that it's not in that sense the same as even more modern oriented films that I've made that are larger in scale where the action is is more edgy or kind of assaultive, if you will. Absolutely, you're right. Indiana Jones films have the, they're almost like a, a dance or something, aren't they, during the action? Yeah, almost like a musical number. Yeah. And, and lots of uh, you know lots of films do sort of stop the the plot to have an action scene, but Indiana Jones, a lot of dialogue takes place, a lot of secrets are revealed uh, during the action, and and I think that's why we enjoy watching them. You know, these yeah, are entertaining. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. I think that's true, Sam. And I also think that you know, m in many ways. The old rule about musicals is you don't want to stop the movie and have a song. You want the plot and the character action of the movie to keep going in the song. Or you want the song to actually be part of the progression, dramatic progression of the movie. And the same is true with action. And, and I think in many ways, you always think of these, these physical numbers, certainly in Indiana Jones film as you're making it and studying the ones that came before me, you're, you're looking at at how to kind of find charm and a kind of musicality in the action, kind of harmonies and repetitions and reprises of action, inverting what you saw earlier. It's really interesting, but speaking of musicality, it is also a wonderful dance to mm -hmm. do with the great John Williams, who it was my honor to collaborate with on this movie as he has on all the Indiana Jones films. I love that consistent through line of the series. You know, we get Harrison's always back. John Williams is always back. You know, yeah. we've got this iconography that always comes back too. Well, John is also, John is, is, I mean, he wrote this, he's 91 years old. He wrote this score in pencil. It's over two hours of music. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, when he first came on, he was like, I don't know if I can do more than a few themes, new themes. And then he just started writing those themes. And then he didn't stop writing for a year until he had written, you know, well over two uh, hours of music. And, uh, it's a miracle that I got the chance to work with him. Um, he's not only our most preeminent composer, certainly of orchestral scores, and one of the most famous and important film composers of all time, but he's also one of the most charming, lovely human beings you've ever met who just loves his job. That's incredible. How did it feel when you first heard his music uh, over some of your picture, when you first sort of started putting things together? It's bewilderingly amazing. You know, you're talking to a guy who when he was 17 years old saw Raiders of the Lost Ark at his local cinema on opening day. You're talking to someone who, of course, had seen Star Wars when he was 14 and Superman. And I mean, in terms of John Williams scores, I grew up lying on the floor of my bedroom listening to LPs playing John's music and dreaming about being a movie director someday. I, I was a Super 8 filmmaker when I was a kid. The idea that not only uh, am I fortunate enough to act, have actually gotten to the job I wanted, um, which is probably odds were against me, but um, the idea that I not only got there, but got the chance to collaborate, for instance, on this film with so many of my heroes, with Stephen and George and John and Kathy Kennedy and Harrison Ford, you know, John Rice Davies, these were all people who were part of the dreams on the screen that I watched as a young man. And to actually 
be all grown up and and be collaborating with them and know them as friends um, is one of the great honors of this movie to me. That's pretty incredible, uh, you know, being welcomed into the, uh, the the arms of these people you, you grew up watching. <laughs> it is incredible, and it is uh, and it is one of the reasons I you know I had hesitations about taking on this film for the reasons that you know it, you're pinch hitting for one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. So you're you're bound to leave people wishing that Babe Ruth had come to bat instead of you. But the opportunity for me on a personal level to collaborate with these wonderful people who I've, I've admired all my life was incalculably great. I, I, um, you never can know people as well as when you work with them and accomplish something together. And so this for me was the opportunity of a lifetime to collaborate with my heroes. What sort of prep did you put into this, you know, before, in post-production? Were you studying the old films frame by frame? Do you get to go through the Lucasfilm archives and, you know, see sort of how all these of that, films All of that, all of that. But, the, I mean, but in a way, as a, as a filmmaker who shares a lot of Stephen's sensibilities, I've been studying his work all my life. But, but the other thing you do is you write a script. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jez and John Henry Butterworth and I worked for a year right about when COVID hit, we worked for about a year on just the script and then, um, and then leapt into production. Actually, we shot during the pandemic as well. But um, the, the real prep for me is always getting a, trying to get a script as right as it can be. And on a movie of this scale, you have to get it right because you have to prep all these locations and places and stunts and sequences and huge sets. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. How do you get the, because the script's wonderful, it's, it's full of action, uh, it never leaves you, you're, you're never in one place for too long, keeps the story moving, and it's really fun as well. How do you Thank get that you. balance well, right? Well, you know, one of the things Stephen always said to me is, it, is in terms of pace, an Indiana Jones movie should move like a trailer. He always figured that it's just, it, that if you just think you're basically shooting a trailer, and every scene can't really be more than 30 seconds long, and that... It's, it's not as much how long the film is, as but how long each scene is and the sense of tumbling forward that you have to maintain. And I took that very much to heart. And, um, and it seemed true of his own films. There's dramatic moments where things can slow down, but even in those cases, you're working in a kind of shorthand mm. and a kind of propulsive style that is very old school as much as it is new school. What I love about Indiana Jones films is, uh, you know, it's, it's always an unexpected adventure and, and, you know, it takes lots of twists and turns. <laughs> it is. You want the, it's a requirement of the films that they kind of take turns to the unexpected, that things invert or twist at each point. That's all really important. I mean, in a way, uh, not even just studying how the films were made, but if you think about the tone of the films, what makes them, I think, so unusual is that they're 
so large in scale, but at the same time so intimate in the eccentricities and uniqueness of the characters. They're, you know, Indiana Jones is this kind of almost Clark Kent Superman character who is kind of bookish and 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 socially awkward and kind of self-absorbed and uh, doesn't really believe in in anything beyond the secular and the kind of scientific and and then is in each movie is hurled into things that boggle the imagination and boggle the scientific mind and in each movie also exhibits incredible bravery and physical cunning but is also can be a coward and a whiner and he's so filled with contradictions comedic contradictions and contradictions we recognize in ourselves and so many action adventure movies are about kind of supermen or kind of adonises who can leap from anywhere to anywhere and accomplish anything and and that's its own kind of wonderful um it, kind of a james bondian mm. kind of super or superhero films certainly but the but I think what makes the Indiana Jones so unique is, is his humanity, that he's really one of us, that he's just extending himself to the very edge of what he can possibly do. And then sometimes even that's not enough, he just happens to get lucky. He's kind of like Bugs Bunny or mm. something, that he just somehow never gets squashed. That's a nice way to, to think about it. Uh, I also, in Indiana Jones, he can be parachuted in with a different cast of characters in every adventure, and we meet some new characters in this one. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is uh, so wonderful in the film, and they've got a lot of very, like, it reminded me of, like, a, a, a screwball 1930s, you know, back-and-forth sort of comedy. Me too. I, well, about the time that Harrison and Stephen and Kathy came to me with this idea of me jumping in with them, I was in the middle of the second season of Fleabag. So the, um, <laughs> I have to say, I think Phoebe's creation in that show, not just her performance, but she wrote it, and it's really the, the creative force behind all of it, is such a startling arrival. I mean, along with Killing Eve and other things she's done, those are pretty, that's pretty powerful one-two punch to make and, and left a real impression with me that I was looking at a movie star. She's hilarious, beautiful, funny, witty, quirky, really gifted actress, and on top of that, brilliant writer. And the, to me, when I first came aboard, the first thing I said to Kathy Kennedy was, can you get Phoebe Waller-Bridge to do this movie? Um, because we had this idea about this goddaughter character. And to me, the idea of her paired with Harrison that it just seemed so juicy and that she'd give him such a handful to deal with and, um, and be able to keep up with him. Mm -hmm. What I didn't anticipate, because I think the world of Phoebe, what I didn't anticipate is she'd be so good at the action. She is phenomenally gifted mm. at, at um, leaping car to car <laughs> and climbing up the bellies of planes and took on it all with a kind of gusto that that I didn't expect. And not only that, but she's really convincing and hilarious doing it. You know, there's just something really wonderful of seeing her in, in this environment. Absolutely. Watching the film, you, you, you can't you know, imagine that this is her first big blockbuster because she's so good. She's so assured, it's true. And, and so ready to spar with Harrison. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's um, Harrison, I think he's a, I have not met the man, but I think he's a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, and so is Phoebe. What, what are they like, you know, when the cameras aren't rolling? They're great. They were great friends making the movie. We all had a great time together, but they got on famously, and he is also a Fleabag fan. Oh, nice. And, um, <laughs> and uh, 
but yeah, they they're great. Harrison's great. I mean, he's just he lo crews love him. He's I mean, he's there every morning at the very start. He's um, his favorite line to say. You'll have to bleep me. Is let's shoot this piece of shit. <laughs> Um, the, you know, he just gets on, let's get on with it is really the idea. And he leads everyone forward with a kind of humility, but energy. And, you know, part of that Indiana Jones energy is part of the reason the role is so dear to so many and dear to him is it's so close to who he is. Mm. He's a bit of a bookworm and an introvert, but he's also an actor. He's kind of a miracle of nature and what he can accomplish and how he hurls his body into things but he is he's incredibly learned he's a pilot he's a he's a bicyclist he's a athlete he's a hiker he's um he's all these mixed up contradictions he's a wise ass he's he, he likes to party and stay up late he is all these things and so um but more than anything he loves making movies you know he's not a movie star as much as he is an actor um, a grand, great, legendary actor who loves the job of acting, who loves to work with crews, to find the shot, to ferret out a unique way to handle a beat we've seen before. He loves his job. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're really excited to play Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It was so much fun to see Harrison Ford back starring in a film you know, for two and a half hours. That was a real treat. Of and course. it looks so good on a big oh, screen. Thank you. And it, it, I think it's a treat for audiences to see it on a movie screen. I think it's a old-fashioned movie that belongs on a big screen with great sound. Perfect. Well, thanks very much, James. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> cool. Pleasure. Yeah, <laughs>